spoiler warning. The following discussion will contain spoilers. We recommend checking out the movie first, then coming back to hang with us. But, if you don't care about that, glad to have you here. Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Real Review. My name's Kevin. I'm John. And we are your real movie guys. It's March, so that can only mean one thing. Real March Madness. Tale is all this time. Pixar versus Disney. In a brawl to end it all, we have selected eight films from each studio. A total of 16 movies will battle it head-to-head for superiority. On today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at Pixar's Up. 78-year-old Carl Fredrickson travels to Paradise Falls in his house equipped with balloons, inadvertently taking a young stowaway. There's no secret between you and me. We, we've talked about Up a couple times. I don't like Up. I don't like this movie. So what I decided to do is I decided to do something a little different with this review for me. I acted like I had no preconceived notion going into this movie. I wanted to look at this with a a new set of eyes. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I was just maybe a jaded viewer when this came out. You know, I I don't know what happened to me. I don't know what happened to me. (laughs) Who hurt me? Bad childhood. (laughs) I don't know what happened. So I said to myself, I want to go in and look at this with a new perspective. And honestly, I came out liking this movie a lot more than I initially did. And I think I was more ready to give it a chance and just to see what it had to offer. With Up, it's interesting. There's not really much to go on when you see like a trailer for Up or any kind of the advertisements when that movie came up. Because I wanted to do a little bit of research about that, too, because I wanted to go back and say, all right, Kevin, imagine like you're going to the movies for the first time. You're going to see Up. What's the selling point of this movie besides just seeing a house with a bunch of balloons on top, which is, you know, the staple image for this film. What else is there? And there's not really much. I mean, from the trailers, you have no idea what this story is going to be about. I don't know if that's what turned me off about this movie, because I feel like there's two different things at work in this film, which I I do want to go into detail. So my initial impressions So before, you know, I had this rewatch, I had this like re re reemergence of opinion on this film essentially is I love the beginning of this movie. And I think a lot of people agree that the beginning of this movie is at its finest, right? From when we meet young Carl and explore his relationship with Ellie and we see them, you know, get married, have this, all try to have a family, ends up they can't have kids, but they live their life anyway and they have these little, you know, self-inclusive adventures with each other and they never find, they never really obtain what they want, right? They never go on this big grand adventure. She has, Ellie has this memory book that she's trying to fill with adventures that she's going to go on but they never quite get there. And it's darkly tragic and sad as the movie goes on. Like this, this movie really just wired away wants to make you cry. That, that's all that they're trying to do. As soon as this movie goes like, we're going to make you cry at some point where we're going to get you. It and does. the whole beginning of this movie is great up until when Ellie passes away and Carl's now an old man and you don't know what the future holds for him. That's where this movie is at its strongest when it deals with the whole Ellie and Carl dynamic, and then Carl trying to move on with his emotions. That's what this movie's core is, and that's where it really works for me. And then we turn into everything else when we introduce Russell, and then the Doug, the dog, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I know my name uh, too. Kevin right, the bird, bird. <laughs> and just the the whole side cast of Charles Muntz, 
It was voiced by Christopher Plummer, which we'll talk about later. I really do like that. That's where this movie falls apart for me. None of that really works. And I would say still, to some extent, a lot of it doesn't. But I think I've come out with more of an appreciation for it now that I've watched the movie, you know, with a new set of eyes almost at this point. I feel like you could feel so much for Carl in so many different ways. And like mm-hmm. this adventure is almost like just an homage to his whole life with Ellie and different things that I can understand where you're coming with some of the characters like you don't like per se or yeah. like don't serve much of a purpose. But I think without each character serving what purpose they serve, I don't think that they could tell the story as well as they did. I feel like... Uh, I don't know. I think I think you might have nailed what the problem is with a lot of those characters, just by what you just said, is that the characters are in service to Carl's plot. They can't exist without that, that combination of ha- being in Carl's story and helping his story move forward. Like, they don't add anything beyond just being a convenience for the plot to move forward, which is, I think, where I have my main issue with this. Let's start off with the biggest compliment I can give this film. This movie is the most one of the most beautiful things I've really ever seen. When you really sit and stop and look at it, this movie's beautiful. I would say maybe at this point that this was Pixar's most ambitious looking film and visual style of storytelling. And you see a lot of focus with like environmental details, like when they have rain, uh, when they have different kind of storms brewing in, like translucence in the balloons, when you have the dog's fur getting wet, which I thought was very interesting. I, I When you look at that, I was like, wow, that looks really detailed, almost realistic at points. This movie wanted to do something different where, almost like the Disney films of old, it wanted to show and not tell you the story. And I think what it's showing you is vastly more important than what this movie's telling you with dialogue. One of my favorite scenes is actually towards the end of the movie where we have Carl that the house is pretty much like crashed down on the ground. Uh, he had to choose whether to save Kevin or to save the house. He chose to save the house and then Kevin gets stolen and he disappears. And Russell goes to him. He's like, you chose him. How did you choose him? And Carl's like, no, I, I have to tell you this alone. I don't need you kid. And they pan to this shot. And it's a whole landscape shot where you see the sun slowly starting to rise and you see Carl's got the house and he's dragging the house with him as the sun's beginning to rise. And you can tell he's weak. It's heavy on him. He can't, he can barely support it. And that's like the genius. I think that's really in this movie that maybe I, I didn't get, I'll be realistic. Maybe I didn't get it the first time around. It's just the theming in this movie is so strong with the sim- symbolism between Carl and that house where you see, Memories are like a weight on him constantly that he's constantly has on his back right throughout the movie. We see Carl dragging the house. He's got it tied to him. It's always stuck to him throughout this movie. And he's always like, oh, no, I got to do this. Make sure nothing happens to it. I can't lose it no matter what happens. I can't. Nothing can happen to it. No matter what, the house is a constant weight on his shoulders throughout this whole entire film. And like I said, that one scene where the house has become so heavy at times that it's bogged down his life. Like he literally is refusing to live out the rest of his life because of these memories that he's trying so hard to hold on to. And when he finally makes the decision that he needs to go save uh, Russell, who went off now, he zoomed off to go fight the, the Zeppelin and to go save Kevin. You see at that point, Carl realizes I can't carry this weight anymore. And he takes all the items out of the house, right? He just chucks all the items, all the furniture, all the pictures, all the memories. It's so symbolic that that really like resonated with me way more than I thought it would. Just that kind of storytelling 
is really fantastic. It truly is. And when, you know, Russell again asked him later about the house, like, oh, no, uh, Mr. Fredrickson, what about your house? Like, it's just stuff. You know, the, the memories are still with him. And again, without beating you over the head with it by saying this is the theme, this movie is able to excellently showcase exactly the story it's trying to tell. And everything is done from the music to the animation. Everything is done to complement that theming. Any good story has a way of connecting to you in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that connects with a lot of people in so many ways where each person is always like concerned about the future and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And instead of looking towards the future so much, you have to start enjoying each day by day. But this movie figures out he doesn't need stuff to remember people mm-hmm. when it's all inside his memory. So him helping out Kevin in this scenario, I feel like helps him in the long run. Russell does add some interesting comments to that too, where Russell, he's, he's kind of annoying at times. You know, there, there's some thoughts I have on that, which we'll get into, but they do give Russell like a little bit of substance at some point where he's going through a kind of loss too. He lost his dad essentially through divorce and he only makes a few comments about it. They don't really delve too deep into it. Kind of just says like, you know, I used to sit on this curb after I would have like my Boy Scouts thing and me and my dad would watch cars and we would name the color of cars together. Even another scene too, where they're talking about camping. He's like, Oh yeah, my dad, he used to, you know, he was going to show me how to do camping. He's still going to do it though. You know, he's going to come, you know, just his, his girlfriend. He doesn't even say his girlfriend. He says whatever her name is. And Carl's like, Oh, where, where, where's his, well, your mom shouldn't be saying that. Well, she's not my mom. Again, they're, they're telling this subtle story. And I think, Russell's maybe a little bit better than some of the other characters where he's dealing with his own version of having to move on. You know, he's still holding on to the idea that his father is going to come back and be with him and it's going to be like it was. They're not fully committing to it, but I think they're kind of hinting at that. That's the kind of emotional tone that they're going for with him. It works in a lot of ways as far as that. I think the two of them have good chemistry together. Going into like a little bit of vocal performance here, you have to give Ed Asner, this is probably the career-defining performance for him as far as voice acting. Him as Carl is perfect in every single way. Now, when I see Ed Asner, I always picture him as the crotchety old man. You know, he hasn't always been a crotchety old man, but, you know, just for me and I guess our generation, that's how I picture him whenever I hear his voice. And he nails every inflection that he's given. He is the reason any of the dialogue that they choose to give, he has... A little bit of wit to him. He's got a little bit of heart still in him. You, you can still sense that through his dialogue. You can sense he still cares to some level. He's not the complete crotchety gone old man that he wishes he was. It really complements everything they're telling in this story. Ed Asner does a phenomenal job. Everything done with Carl and his voice works so perfectly. Like Carl in general just is one of those characters that I feel like you always will remember. I really do truly think so. And again, Russell, you know, he, he does a good job as well. Uh, Russell being played by a young uh, Jordan Nagal, who did a good job as well. You know, I don't want to sell him short. I, I think he really captured what it meant to be him. I believe that's his only voice credit. I could be wrong, but I think he only voiced Russell as currently in his career. Christopher Plummer also comes as playing Charles Muntz. I do love Christopher Plummer. I can never get enough of that man. I think he, he's an amazing voice actor, amazing talent in his own right. So having him lend his, him to the villain, I think, gave me some some service there. I can't say that it didn't. I I thought he did fine. The last thing this movie really does well, I think, is that it is able to make you laugh as well. It tugs majorly at your heartstrings. There is a lot of deep themes in this movie. 
uh, like we've been saying. There's a lot of dark material this movie's trying to really shuffle through. But at the same time, it is able to just pull it back a little bit with some of the levity. I think it knows when to have a good time. Before it gets too dark with its story, I feel like it pulls back just in time. How effective that comedy is, I think is subjective. But overall, I think it's able to just reel itself in right before it gets a little too dark, I think, for the kids at times. Can't not talk about this movie when it comes to like the soundtrack, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the one song that they play when they're kind of like reminiscing about Ellie, it's just like one of those things that like where they add in either a song or music in a way that really enhances the picture that's going on and right. it enhances the feeling of the situation. Right. There's really beautifully composed scores throughout this entire movie. Like they know right when to score it at the right time. A lot of Carl's moments are of self-discovery where he's in his own head and we're not hearing what he's thinking but the story through soundtrack through visual is telling us all we need to know and this was pixar's real big attempt i think at doing that we're gonna see them do that in another movie that when we get to towards the you know end of this series where they they go full into the whole show not tell motif but this was a really great experiment for them and i think it pays off dividends for them as far as trying to encapsulate the the whole art of show don't tell Especially, like you said, when it comes into comparison of that beautifully crafted soundtrack. Positive and negative for me. This is where we start to get a little... This is where things start to unravel a little bit. While this film is focused on the more adult story, I think children can find it engaging and fun because of the side characters. I think if we didn't have Kevin, the bird, Doug, the dog, all the other dogs, the, the was it Alpha with the, the funny squeaky voice? If we didn't have those kind of characters in this movie... I don't see why kids would, would like this film. I, I really don't. I don't really see them associating themselves with a 78-year-old protagonist in a film. And I think Russell is like that character for children. That way they can get engaged into the story. You know, we talked about it a little bit in Incredibles where I felt like that was more of an adult slash teen story that they were kind of telling. This movie kind of said, all right, well, we, we probably shouldn't do that again, but we, we got to calm down a little bit. Let's inject a little more younger audience experience into this film. And for what it's worth, I think it's a positive and negative. I think there's positives to that, where it's more of a family film due to that injection. And I also think it's a negative because I think it sometimes it can hamper it a little bit just as much. Now my biggest gripe with the film, which still stands even on this viewing, so... I'm taking it as is. I think it's true. The villain's just too weak. As much as I love Christopher Plummer being Charles Muntz, and I get the whole Charles Muntz character, how it connects to Carl's backstory, how we're telling this grand old adventure, and it kind of symbolizes his adventure of holding on to things and letting things go. Oh, don't worry. I get the symbolism. He just feels shoehorned in. Like, the main story of Carl was already decided when they made this movie. This is where I kind of hinted at earlier, too, where I said that I'm of two minds of how this movie was made. I think we had the adventure of Carl, at the beginning of the movie, they knew what they wanted to do. He had Carl, he had loss. He wanted to go have his adventure, land his house, come out of it a better person, knowing he had to relinquish memories to create new ones. That was the story that they had. And that's a great story. That is a fantastic story. The problem is they didn't have anything to fill in the gaps of how to get to that story. And I think that's where this all comes in. And it just feels too cloggy and muddled and just... I'm not sold on it. I'm not sold on the whole premise of this villain of the, the all the million hundreds of dogs he has with talking dog collars and the dodo bird subplot. Essentially, I guess that's what he is. He's a dodo bird. 
him chasing after him. I just, it doesn't do it for me. The story that's around this is intriguing, but all those crazy kid shenanigans or just random shenanigans, to be a hundred percent honest with you, they don't work for me in this story as much as I, they're not bad. I don't want to come off saying that they're bad, but they don't work. And they just feel like a couple different narratives going on at once. And they don't meld well together. Now, do you think that they would meld more if they were written for you, though, instead of like written for children? I don't know. See, this this is where that becomes an issue, too, where what would I have done personally to change it? I don't know, because the core story is so strong with Carl. I don't know how I would have melded that. I'm just saying as the critiquer here, not being the creator, because I ain't a creator. Let's face it. I ain't doing that. As the critiquer, I don't think it worked. They needed to do something different. A lot of it, it, it could be seen too, I think too. Like when we introduced the whole blimp scene where we finally get the Zeppelin and we start, we meet the main villain, we meet Charles Muntz and we have this big, you know, dinner scene with them hanging out and talking and showing him his collection and museum. It's not necessarily boring, I would say. I think it's more not engaging because at that point I just wasn't engaged with what they were telling. I was more worried about Carl going on his journey, getting to the end instead of having this weird stop almost in the middle of the movie to have some kind of conflict with this bird. It just, it didn't tie together for me. There needed to be something better. Maybe something more related to Carl would have been more interesting because the loose chains that we have Charles months connected to Carl and Ellie's relationship, because that's what it is, right? He's connected to them because they were children and they were inspired by him. Having that connection is, is fine, but it's I would have wanted something more. There needed to be something else there for me to really feel attached to it. The last part, it just the humor can be grating at times because, again, they, this movie, I felt like they really wanted to include the child audience. They really wanted to get them into it. You know, we have our poop joke. Got to have at least one solid poop joke in this movie with Russell when he's got the little shovel and he's like, all right, I gotta go take a poop. And he's got the leaves and the shovel. He's like, do I dig the hole or do I cover the hole? And he's like, I don't know which one you do. I mean, granted, I laughed at a poop joke. I'm never, I'm not above a poop joke. Let's, let's, let's be clear. Say, let's be clear you, here. I am not above, say, a, poop you above a poop joke. Now. Jeez, <laughs> Kev. It's not that the jokes don't work at times. It's just, they become grating when they start to repeat them over and over and over again. Like the squirrel joke. It made me laugh when Doug's talking about squirrel and he like shoots off or he goes point, but that's fine. They work, but they do it too much. In my opinion, they do it way too much where it becomes like, all right, I got it. Ha ha. We're, we're still funny. And then even the dog, I think alpha, they, I think they even realized it maybe like midway towards the movie where they're like his squeaky voice. Okay. It's kind of funny. This big intimidating dog with a squeaky voice, but that's all he is. It's like a one note joke. Like, Oh, he has a squeaky voice now. And then they, they fix it midway and they're like, okay, we got it back to normal now. That, that was a little too much. I, th I, think we, I think we dug ourselves a little too deep with that. These jokes are mainly written for children too. Right. So I could put myself in a child's point of view and understand why they wrote that and see that that's funny for children. And sure. then children can get something out of it too. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't have to always be so adult-like. It doesn't. You know? like, no, but it has to be family-like. That's the point I think you're missing. It doesn't have to be adults by any means. I'm not saying, oh, I want adult animated. Give me adult themes. Oh, just make it for families then. Make it encompassing to everyone. Because I think there's parts of this movie where it's adult, it's alienating kids. And then there's parts where it's being kid and it's alienating adults. When the, the, per the perfect thing about Pixar in particular excels at is it tends to incorporate 
everyone. It has, and it makes it level playing field for everyone to enjoy. And I think this movie goes sometimes in two different directions, which makes it disjointed for the audience that's viewing it. I think this is a good movie. I don't want the negatives to overshower it. I don't have as much negative connotation as I had when I first watched it. Because again, my initial opinion when I watched this movie is like, well, the beginning's great, but the rest of it's like, what the hell is this? I'll 100% say that's not true. There's a lot of really beautiful things going on in this movie if you can look through some of the weird choices as far as plot and how we get there the core story is a really really enthralling story that being said i think it's ready to get to our (laughs) final scores i'm gonna give up an a minus fantastic film it really is i'm glad i gave it another chance i'm glad i gave it another watch through i wish it chose where it wanted to stick as far as maybe tone in the film i wish it was more of a family film rather two films kind of stuck together we got a we have a really good adult film and a somewhat generic child kid experience if this movie was able to focus in the villain quote unquote of this story and make it more engaging to me i think i would have had a better time with it but you can't deny the artistry i think just for the themes alone just for the visual storytelling that's in this movie it really is a great movie. It, it it blows my expectations out of the way, you know, especially for someone who was so negative on this film. I think I really enjoyed my time way more than I thought I could have. John, where do you stand with this film? See, I find your score kind of ironic now mm-hmm. because my score is a B plus. Oh, and I, I really enjoy this movie. Wow. Everything about this movie, but mm-hmm. I think like every time I watch this movie, something keeps telling me like it's just not a movie for me. And mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what to pinpoint or where it's coming from, but mm-hmm. it's just a B plus movie for me. That so, is interesting uh, you say it. I think just just because of that visual storytelling is just so damn strong in this movie. I have to put it at least in the A range for me, just because of the way they orchestrate that 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 score the way they show the story at times the emotional beats hit you like hit you like a truck they really do and you have to admire them for just showing you that story instead of telling you that story it comes down to the whole the story that they're telling me is okay the story that they're showing to me is on another level and unfortunately that comes with like an imbalance in this film and it kind of sounds like you agree in some ways i feel like you're you're maybe more on my my new take than you than you thought you would have previously have been the competition this movie has is very strange and very unique because this movie's going up against Disney's Wreck-It Ralph, which I, pr- I promise, ladies and gentlemen at home, I promise it'll make sense when we get to it. I don't want to go too much into it now, but when we get to it, the battle will make sense for you. And these, again, they're two very different movies, and I just can't wait to have the conversation on that. John? Where are they? Ooh, John? <laughs> Where are the people find us at home? You can find us over on YouTube. The Real Movie Guys over on YouTube. Go over, like our channel, subscribe. Hit that notification bell. You'll know when we put things out, especially since we're going to be going all March long with our March Madness type event. You can also find us over on Twitter. Let us know over there. Follow us over there. You can let us know what you thought about this movie or other movies that we've covered so far, or maybe some of the ones that you're looking forward to coming up. You can also now follow us on Instagram. We put up, that's where we're going to be putting up some of the polls where me and Kevin become very divided on. And you could also listen to us on many podcasting platforms such as... Yes, for your listening pleasure, we are also available in podcast format, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, Overcast, Breaker, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast. Be sure to give us a listen at any of those fine places. If you are right now, hey, greatly appreciate it. Just search out Real Movie Guys, we should pop right up. 
Thank you again all so much for joining us for this episode of The Real Review. My name's Kevin, that guy over there. He is John. We are your real movie guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. The battle rages on as Real March Madness, Disney versus Pixar continues. We will catch you next time. See you!